1: Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator.
0: Uh, okay, this is awkward, but this bike says he'd appreciate it if you removed his skull pattern saddlebags. He feels self-conscious about them around all the other bikes, and he says you're not fooling anyone. You mostly ride with your golfing buddies. <laughs> Listen, I'm just the
1: messenger here.
0: Oh, no, I don't want to say that. I
1: think you made yourself clear. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates
2: welcome talk tuners welcome stephanie and stephanie talk tunes the show where we share stories and memories connected to the music that has shaped our lives hi i'm stephanie myers hey y'all stephanie Pena here i think we're gonna have a great show today i think this is a person and band that resonates with us both stephanie and and it's great And we also want to just make sure that folks know that we do have a content slash trigger warning today. We will be talking about suicide. So just wanted to let you know before we get into the episode, Dr. Juners.
0: just letting you know. Yeah, absolutely. No, thanks for that, for sure. Always something good to to mention. It's a a heavy topic, obviously. Um, Before we start into the song, into the band, um, which I'm very excited about today, Um, just want to do our usual chit chat around any type of rock and roll news, music news, um, so hey talk tuners, we do record in advance um, and uh, this week on September 22nd, um, I learned that the ghost frontman, um, his stage name is Papa uh, and I'm gonna totally pronounce this wrong. Um, emeritus, I'm gonna try. I tried. Uh, no. Papa emeritus fourth, the fourth. he um he actually was uh he threw the first pitch at the white Sox game versus the cleveland indians on the 22nd um and i just i love i'm a sports fanatic um of course i'm a a music fanatic wouldn't be doing this with stephanie if i wasn't but i just wanted to talk about that stuff because i always love it when um my uh my favorites uh just collide um yeah um have you are you familiar with Ghost or do you like any of their music?
2: I'm familiar with them, but I know you'd had some really fun things to share about them. Cause I feel like they don't get a lot of press all the time. And the things that you had, I know were kind of fun facts.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So Ghost is a Swedish occult rock band, y'all. So, um, you, when you listen to their first album, every album evolves, um, they, uh, the first albums sound like something off the soundtrack of the Omen or the exorcist. Um, so definitely very cool. Listen to, they have been while, uh, around for quite a while. I actually saw them for the first time, open up for deaf tones in 2016. I want to say, um, and that was awesome. That was my intro. Um, happened to catch the opening band and I was like, Holy shit, what is this? So, uh, ghost definitely has a very strong stage presence. Um, they're always masked up. They always have, um, master painted up one or the other. Um and they put on a really great live show. They are hitting the um the mainstream now more um due to TikTok. So TikTok, oh. uh yeah, the power of TikTok. Um one of their uh well their newest single Mary on a Cross, their video just went viral on TikTok and now oh. um it made the Billboard 100. Um oh, okay. so yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're a different type of band, y'all. Check them out. They're a lot of fun. Um, they have. They just went through Austin not too long ago. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to check them out. But um, Ghost, man, definitely look them up. They are not your typical metal band. That's all I have to say. Definitely very, very melodic. And uh, on that note, um, you know, we're going to talk about today. Joy Division. Joy Division is a band out of uh, Manchester, England. Um, you know, they are an icon. They are. Uh, they are dark wave. They started yeah. it, post punk dark wave. Yeah. Okay, these are pioneers. And today we are talking about their hit, Love Will Tear Us Apart. Of course. I mean, I, this is, this is going to be the first Joy Division song you'll you'll hear. I, I'd be surprised. Totally. If, totally. <laughs> someone's like, yeah, bust out with a deep cut. I'm like, no. Because they don't get <laughs> a lot. Of, like Ghost, uh, Joy Division didn't get a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of press at the time. And we'll go into more detail of that. But let's talk about how they started, their origins. So Joy Division band members include Ian Curtis, who's vocals, Peter Hook, bassist, Bernard Sumner, the guitar and keyboardist, and Stephen Morris on the drums. Now, they have an interesting, very interesting story of how uh, they, they came into uh, creation. It was Peter Hook and Bernard Sumner who were at an iconic performance in 1976, June 4th to be exact, at the Lesser Free Trade Hall, Manchester, England, the Sex Pistols were on stage. And this is such an iconic performance, not only because of the Sex Pistols and just being who they are, all um, oh, the people that were in attendance. It was like all the future stars. Let's get together and hang out and watch Sex Pistols. Y'all, I can't believe this. So, in attendance at this show was Morrissey. Okay. He's from the Manchester. Of course. Tracer, of course, Morrissey right? was there. Why not? I mean, he was there. Why of course. not? Come on, Moz howard devoto and peter shelley at the Buzzcocks, they were there love and Buscocks. they actually organized the concert they were supposed to be opening up for the sex pistols um but for a reason that didn't work out but they booked the venue and yeah steph i know Buzzcocks is definitely one of your favorites um, love them yeah super nuts um marky smith from the fall um post-punk band definitely want to check that out um we'll check them out sometime if y'all haven't heard his music Tony Wilson, Tony Wilson was in attendance. Tony Wilson is a, uh, a very famous record label owner. Uh, he produced radio and television shows. He's known as Mr. Manchester. He actually ended up being the manager of Joy Division. And then later on New Order, we'll go into that in a second. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> really? That's crazy. That is crazy. Um, so all these folks are in attendance. Um, gave Peter Hook and Bernard like that inspiration to start a band of their own. So supposedly the next day, Peter Hook goes out and buys a guitar, and, and you know, Sumner has a drum. Well, Sumner, you know, gets a guitar as well, whatever, and they just they start jamming. Three weeks later, the Sex Pistols actually returned to Manchester, and that's where they met Ian Curtis. So what? They, they, what's up with the sex pistols I mean this is I don't know I just love it I'm just uh, there's really no words it just it, it tickles my soul it makes me happy all these people yeah in the room at one time these legends I know <laughs> I love that I love that origin story
2: and just makes me think too it's like there's always this kismet I think when kind of like there's creativity born out of scenes um it's almost like the mm-hmm. muses are all together right and i feel like that's definitely yeah. what happened here with all these big names kind of they got together and like okay this group this group this group and i love the history of that and how it happens right
0: yeah it's just just by chance like God, i mean we talk about it a lot with lower east side new york and just new york in general um but yeah what a time right yeah. And, uh, yes. Yeah, so their name, Joy Division. So if you did some research on that, uh, educate us on the name. Yeah. So we got their origin
2: story and the name that came about is, you know, it's interesting and it's a little dark. So Joy Division got their name from the prostitution wings of the Nazi concentration camps during world war II. And I'll add here that history has since shown, um, that many times this was not consensual sex work that was happening yeah. during the war. Um, especially with this wing, it was uh, women who were forced into this. So uh, we take away from that, that uh, the bottom line is it was kind of an ironic name the band decided mm-hmm. to take on. And honestly, when you think about that, I think it's obvious if you're familiar with their music, the sense of irony and twisting things and um, having things show out this darkness, right? And thematically, I think that makes sense for Joy Division specifically, especially once you know more about their music and really their history.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Just to elaborate on that, the research I was doing for the show, their original names were Stiff Kittens and Warsaw. Now, Warsaw, I did know, but I didn't know about Stiff Kittens. That's hilarious. Um, Wow.
2: That yeah, I so, would have got yeah. Otherwise. I'm just
0: gonna leave that there. Just gonna leave that there. Um, but uh, really, really great artists, and uh, yeah, love will tear us apart. Man, an iconic song for sure.
2: Yeah. So to your point, Stephanie, really is. I think when people think Joy Division, they do think of this song. We're gonna get into uh, other songs and just other parts of their music, but it's definitely, I think, the song that's associated the most with them, and you yeah. hear it kind of everywhere and Ian Curtis wrote it about the problems in his marriage at the time, and then also his epilepsy. So Mm -hmm. it converged in this uh, song that's very, you know, it's dark and frantic and it's pretty intense. So uh, thematically, that's where he was at, talking about his health, talking about his marriage. And it was interesting too, that the recording process itself, of course, had these stories around it. Um, Stephen Morris, uh, the drummer, had talked about how their producer, Martin Hannett, um, Mm -hmm. said, said, oh, he played one of his mind games with us when he was recording it. (laughs) Morris said, it sounds like he was a tyrant, but he wasn't, he was nice. We had this one battle where it was nearly midnight and I said, is it all right if I go home, Martin? It's been a long day. And he said, okay, you go home. So I went back to the flat, just got to sleep, and the phone rings. Martin wants you to come back and do the snare drum. At four in the morning, I said, what's wrong with the snare drum? <laughs> so every time I hear, "Level will tear us apart, Stephen said, I grit my teeth and remember myself shouting down the phone, you bastard. I can feel the anger in it even now. It's a great song, it's a great production, but I do get anguished every time I hear it. <laughs> what a great quote that really places us at what that recording was like, right?
0: Damn, man, that's serious. They were, they were grinding. Oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> they really were. They really were. So that really
2: painted a mental picture for me of yeah. what that was like. And so I thought that was pretty funny. And another little piece of what I thought was, yeah, a little bit of kismet, was uh, Bono from U2 was actually in the studio what? the night they were recording the song. So, and it just was happenstance, right? But um, Bono had come in to see if their producer, Martin, would work with you 2 to produce a single they were working on. And so, like, Bono had this interaction (laughs) with Ian. And he would said later on, said, talking to Ian Curtis is or was a strange experience because he's very warm. He talked. It was like (laughs) two people inside of him. He talked very light. He talked well-mannered and very polite. But he got behind the microphone. He really surged forth. There was another energy. It seemed like he was just two people. And you know, Love Will Tear Us Apart. It was like when that record was released, it was like as if there were the personalities separate and there they were torn apart. So get these couple perspectives, right? About what it was like to be Joy Division, recording that, which kind of the mindset that everyone was in, right? Mm -hmm. Especially Ian. And we'll get to that and how that unfolded in an unfortunate way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so this is definitely the first song I ever heard from them, and I couldn't agree with Bono more. That's so random that he was there. Um, yeah. You know, as becoming a fan, and you know, over the, over the years, becoming more and more of a fan, they're definitely part of my top five. Um, yeah. Joy vision. absolutely part of my top five. Um, you know, just uh, their music, just in general. Before even knowing any of their backstory, it has a lot of heart and soul. Um, Totally. you can and from the from the lyrics and just from ian's deliverance um you know the music of course it accompanies it it makes it all come full circle and very powerful but um yeah ian ian was joy division like uh know that they he was joy division like it's just when you when i think of them i think of him and uh he's definitely uh i wish he was still around I can only yeah. imagine the greatness he would, would have brought, the more of the greatness he would have brought to the industry. Totally
2: agree. Totally agree. And as we're, uh, as we're alluding to, talk tuners. if you're not already familiar, we will share kind of what ended up happening here. So in this case, uh, Joy Division recorded Level Terrace Apart in early 1980, in um, accordance with these things that were all happening in the studio. Uh, but it was actually released posthumously. Because unfortunately, uh, Ian Curtis died by suicide later that year, um, which, uh, you know, he was going through a lot. There's a lot of tumultuous things happening. And it was still, of course, just this very shocking thing. Nobody predicted it happened that way. They, um, so they recorded it. They did a music video in spring of 1980. And just three weeks after they recorded the music video, uh, he died. So it's all very fresh right when it was happening Mm -hmm. and to have that release after his death, like unfortunately a number of uh, music folks over the years, is just something that it's still sort of hard to wrap your mind around. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, they were just on the brink of, you know, of becoming huge stars. They were, um, you know, as, you know, as you mentioned, you know, he, this came out posthumously. Well, now, unfortunately, Ian died the night before they were supposed to go on their U.S. tour. Like, yeah. that, they were on the brink of yeah. becoming major. So, yeah, it makes this added more sadness onto this, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's just it's one of those things, too, where you look back and it's hard to believe. Um, and as we alluded to as well, they do have this legacy. They have this cultural legacy with the song mm-hmm. with the band themselves. Um you'll hear this, I think, kind of everywhere. And the song lives on, it was named the best single of all time by NME magazine in 2002. And that's uh, 22 years after it came out as well. So I feel like it's just a touchstone for um, how it lives on just musically, right? In catalogs Mm -hmm. and all these different places. So we know that their legacy lives on and we're just thinking about their legacy as a band too, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. They have quite the catalog, um, you know, outside of Love Will Teary, Tear Us Apart. Um, you know, Steph share some of your favorite jams. Cause I know you got plenty.
2: Yeah. So the band after Ian died, they changed uh, their name to new order. Um, after that happened they had actually, it was interesting, all the band members had previously agreed we're going to stop using the name Joy Division if any member left the group. They. Mm-hmm. I don't think when they made that proclamation months themselves that they were thinking that the band members would leave in this tragic way. And I don't think anyone could have predicted it, but it's something that they had kind of in place ahead of time. Yeah. And it's something that they had thought of ahead of time. So um, they moved forward musically after that. But uh, they had this great catalog in the meantime of, I mean, they're pretty prolific for the relatively short amount of time that they were together as Joy Division. And to that, end, I always think about these different ones that pop up in pop culture, including Dead Souls, which I think is a track that people, you hear them cited a lot, you hear it pop up in different places a lot. I think we've even talked about it in brief on the show before
0: mm-hmm. in passing
2: yeah yeah there's a uh the cover i think that is the most ubiquitous that you've heard is uh from nine inch nails
0: who mm-hmm.
2: did a crazy amazing cover of it for uh, woodstock 94 mm-hmm. and trent reznor to me has always had just qualities in his voice that remind me of ian curtis it's got some gravelly uh little bits to it it's got Uh, it's got those warbles and I think he did a wonderful job and that of course when he performed that Woodstock was also the year it was included on the car soundtrack which I know we've also Mm -hmm. talked about the show because we love that soundtrack Um, so it's great I think Ian would really approve of this cover cheer all the time and I think
0: it's just very much in the spirit
2: of joy division
0: yeah absolutely first time I heard uh Dead Souls was on the pro soundtrack, and so yeah. um, as I got older, I mean, that came out when I was in middle school. So as I got older, definitely was like, Oh snap, got into Joy Division. And I was like, Oh, that wasn't Trent's song. I mean, Trent's cool and all, but he ain't cooler than me and Curtis, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, Hey, Trent, there's only so much.
2: So yeah. I mean, well, it
0: just goes to show, I mean, some, a point that, you know, we have made with all these wonderful artists that we talk about on the show is that they get influenced from somewhere. Like, you know, totally. there's, it, it's hard to figure out what came first, the chicken or the egg, because it goes that far back, you know? Yeah, so it, yeah it's, it's, uh, That's cool Definitely one of my favorites there as well um, You know, I absolutely Love She's Lost Control um, Speaking that uh, that particular Song is about a Woman that uh, Ian Curtis saw, I believe is was a Deployment agency, um, have A seizure, and that Was definitely um, You know, it was before he was Diagnosed as well, so he wrote that song It's definitely one of my favorites for sure um, I do like the song Warsaw, um, as well. That's a good one. It's got, it's, a uh, it's not, uh, it's got energy. Yeah, you know, it's not, it's not like a drawn out gothy song or anything like that. It's not sad. It has a lot of energy. So they were a rock band. Yes. They are part of the dark wave. They're part of post-punk. Um, but their music, um, I, I couldn't like pigeonhole and be like, yeah, this is goth. This is rock. They are, um, yeah. Or post-punk. I just think they're, they're just a good band. I don't know. I, I can't put them in any category, even though they're always usually, um, pegged with all of the, um, the dark wave folks. Like you can always hear love will tell us part. It's going to happen at the goth club if you're there, Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be, it, it's going to come on and everyone's going to flock down. So, but, uh, you know, I know folks that aren't necessarily into that scene that like New Order. Uh, excuse me, like New Order. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, um, and like Joy Division. Yeah, totally. I would say a song that I absolutely love, that is something that, um, I don't know, I've never heard anybody else talk about it, but New Dawn Fades is one of my favorite jams. It is definitely very dark. Listen to it um, when you're not in a bad mood. Or <laughs> sad. <laughs> well, that's a good disclaimer. Yeah. Um, that is definitely has some soul in it. You can feel pain. I mean, man, but um, I'm just, I'm into that shit. So, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Steph, I know, I know you have more on your list. Yeah, those are great choices. I always think how, I think my personal
2: favorite Joy Division track is Transmission. So good. Mm-hmm. It was released yeah, actually. On radio. Yeah, <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I will spare everyone from having me sing that right now, but big fan. And it was released just as a single on its own, but the earliest version of that is from the Warsaw album. Um, Steph, as you shared, that was their early name. Right, that was yeah. the early name of the band, and so this mm-hmm. Warsaw album, for folks who don't know, was known um, as the RCA sessions, and it circulated on bootlegs for years. It was recorded in seventy-seven, seventy-eight. They didn't, uh, they didn't love it, and so mm-hmm. it took a long time uh, to get it released. It was, uh, it was in the nineties, and they named it Warsaw. That whole collection of songs, and that was the earliest version of that transmission. So, I always think about that just the evolution of their songs but if you look at other things off that album you know it's also just pretty straightforward punk um there's tracks like the drawback that remind me of the buzzcocks or the undertones just very straight ahead punk so it's interesting they've gotten these labels over the years as oh you're definitely post punk or you're definitely this but to me I was like oh they have so many straightforward punk influences and then um mm-hmm. I think we've also seen, you know, sometimes they're just unfairly pegged as like mopey goth rock. But those are usually from people who know like two of their songs. And I feel like that's a that's a pretty unfair generalization, but I've seen it more than once. So I just want to encourage folks to go listen to those deeper tracks because they're incredible and they're very
0: just competent musicians.
2: Right. And I feel like that is sometimes lost in the discourse a little bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Joy Division, yeah, they're definitely more known. New Order would be the most popular, um, especially because, I mean, it's a different sound.
2: Yeah, Um, different sound. It's New Wave.
0: It's 80s. It's 80s dance. Totally different vibe. Um, But, uh, you know, they definitely live on um, in pop culture to today. So um, if you guys haven't seen Jordan Peele's remake of Candyman that came out in 2021, um, I recommend it. There is a scene um, (laughs) that takes place in an art studio um, where a curator is walking around and uh, she's wearing a Joy Division shirt and she talks in Joy Division lyrics. (laughs) It's funny. That's that's all I got to say about that scene. Of course, there's more to it. It's a horror movie. It's Jordan Peele. Um, But check it out. Um, it, It was something that made me smile while I was watching it. I'm like, this is cool. Um, You don't see Joy Division a lot in movies, at least I haven't. But that's definite pop culture right there, which is cool. Um, And just so you guys know, Peter Hook and his, he has a band um, outside of New Order, Peter Hook and the Light. Um, He just recently wrapped up his U.S. tour. Um, He was playing um, Unknown Pleasures and Closer albums in their entirety Oh. Along with B sides of yeah, along the B sides of Joy Division, and then some New Order songs. Um, I would love it if anyone from our listener base went out. I unfortunately missed that show. Um, yeah, and I'm still, still pretty bitter about it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, um, would love to hear anybody who's out uh, who may have caught him. I know that he had sold out shows in Chicago. He he played two nights in Austin. Yeah, Dallas, etc. Blah blah blah. But, yeah, so, I mean, Joy Division, the spirit is still there. And, uh, and it's great because it, it should never fade. Totally. Definitely not. Totally.
2: Yeah. And I think that
0: they will
2: live on and have lived on just thinking about how long that they've been gone as a band. And how yeah. they've traversed, right, all these years. So I feel like that's the strength of who they were and the strength of their music.
0: Well, yeah, stuff. And then like, to even think about this, like, I mean, just a little bit about Ian Curtis's personal life. Well, he has a daughter that's our age. Like, oh wow, what? <laughs> yeah, like Ian Curtis, like same age as my dad. Oh my He's God. like, what? Like, like it's, it's nuts okay. And, no, I did yeah. not. Know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he has a daughter that's our age, and um, yeah, it looks just like him. Pretty crazy. <laughs>
2: And you know, yeah, another form of legacy, right, is the literal mm-hmm. legacy of uh, everyone just generationally who's still around and who's connected flesh and blood um, to him and to the scene, right?
0: Exactly, exactly. Well, um, you know, our shared memories is around um, a movie that was made in 2007 about the band. It was called Control. And Tony Wilson actually was a part of the production. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Tony Wilson actually passed not too long ago, unfortunately. But um, you know, he definitely brought the um, brought the story of Joy Division to the big screen, and it was exciting um, and very cool to see it with you, Steph. Um, you know, we saw on the Lower East Side, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. So, remember, yeah. Was awesome.
2: Back in 2007, it was this awesome yeah. experience. Yeah, to see it on the big screen and it's really just follows the life of Ian Curtis specifically in this mm-hmm. movie and it's uh it's a lot to take in honestly it's really well done as you can imagine and as we've just talked about Ian had a really tumultuous life and so they um, touch on various aspects of that the actor uh, Sam Riley plays Ian Curtis it's a uh, mm-hmm. it's an intense story but it's definitely great and you should check it out if you haven't seen it i would encourage you to find it it's just a way in which I think their legacy lives on in pop culture, right? This was in 2007, yeah. this was made. How many years after?
0: Well, yeah, for sure. And then the movie's in black and white. So it, it get it has a certain vibe to it. Um, you know, so there's and you think Manchester, England, it's super cold, you know, not all the time, but of course it's, they just put these elements together, Of you know, just like yeah. of England, English culture, the, The post-punk era—it's awesome. But yes, the movie does follow Ian Curtis's life, and for those folks that may have not seen it, it'll shine a light on um, his marriage, yeah, and his rise to fame, him being uncomfortable with it. I guess it kind of seemed because I mean, obviously, I haven't talked to Ian; he didn't write it down. Sure, sure. Not that I know. I mean, I'm not his best friend. But, you know, just like all of these things that were coming out, it comes full circle. Um, also talks about his strained relationship that he had with um, this woman by the name of Anik, And I can't remember her last name, but um, she was a very big part of his life while he was out on tour. Um, she was a journalist. And um, there was, I mean, he was young, man. He was 23. So he lived life fast. He got married quick. And you know, had a child, and then you know, this rocker on stardom start and then on top of that, getting you know, having epilepsy—that's <laughs> and, and back then to even think about the treatment is not yeah. what it is now. No. So you can only imagine what he was feeling through that, and it the movie is captured it all those feelings and all of that, and the music, most importantly, the music. Yeah. That is, it's excellent. Yeah. I own it. I, I yeah. made Jeff watch it like a couple of times. I'm like, I don't care how depressing this
2: is at the end. We're watching it.
0: Yeah, right. no, totally.
2: <laughs> the music I think is uh, what really takes it to the next level in this particular movie. I'm really obsessed with the control soundtrack and a memory that I have is that my workplace at the time was having a secret Santa and mm-hmm. uh, we had just seen the movie Stephanie. And so I just remember uh, somebody knew who had my name and that was like a good friend at work and so they put like a little bug in the ear of the person who had my name to be like, you need to get Stephanie the control soundtrack. And it was because I come into the office like raving about how much I loved the movie. And I thought that was a really fun little thing. So I really loved that soundtrack. Definitely check it out. It's got Velvet Underground, Brian Ferry, others. It's really good. It's a great snapshot, I think, of the era and before what came before as well.
0: Yeah, talking about that music, I remember um, it has to be on the soundtrack because it was used in the movie, but there's a scene where young Ian is kind of coming into his rock stardom, trying to figure out kind of like what he wants his stage presence to be and uh, he's listening to Gene Genie, you know. Yeah! He's standing in a mirror and he's, you know, trying to figure out his rock and roll persona. It's so fucking great. Um, Absolutely, absolutely love it. Um, Yeah, so I mean, the movie is, of course, touching a lot of heaviness because of the way it ended but it does capture the um the energy that the group had together i mean they were you know they joked around a lot seems like they had a lot of good sense of humor um articles that i've read you know from peter hook from interviews and stuff from that short time um you know they, they had good relationships so it definitely came out of left field for them uh with ian's passing so it's definitely tragic totally I just, it's funny,
2: Stephanie, because I just think, like, we have these kind of several Joy Division memories, just because we both really mm-hmm. big fans, and I also recall us, like, quoting the song Atmosphere to each other, just kind of an interpretive, interpretive dance form, folks who don't know, yes. uh, you know, there's like, go way yeah. in silence, like, over and over, and we thought it was hilarious at the
0: time. Well, yeah, we had to kind of like lift up our moods, and that was actually the final song that's played in control. So yeah. it's like it was playing, and it's like, oh shit, man. Well, let's just—I uh, don't know. We're all feeling. We knew it was coming, right? Obviously, this this wasn't, right. you know, right—a fairy tale with a happy ending. No, but unfortunately, not. Shit, shit, man. I mean, it's like watching La You know, Richie's gonna die, and it's sad as shit. Be sad as right? shit. Exactly. So, keep watching. Yeah, it's good. It it's good, man. Um, yeah, Joy Division guys. If you have not listened to them, definitely do so. Let us know what you think. They're a very unique band, um, and yeah, that I absolutely love them. And I'd love to hear anybody who's even seen New Order in their prime. Yeah, like, yeah, they're one of my favorites too. They're not top five, but they're close. They're up there, and uh, yeah. So I'd love, I'd love to hear anyone's stories about either of these two bands, um, yeah, it's good stuff.
2: Same. Yeah. I'd love
0: to hear that. Yeah. It's a,
2: they have quite an interesting story and you know, we know it's a pretty dark one. So, Mm -hmm. uh, Hey Talk Tuners, we just want to say thank you for sticking with us. And we do know we've shared some heavy stuff today. And, uh, although we had that trigger warning, we know it's can still be a lot. So if you're going through a crisis, If you're even having a rough time and you need to talk, there's actually now a new national suicide and crisis hotline just called 988, 988, and it's national. So we just wanted to share that for U.S.-based listeners and help spread the word. Uh, Please don't hesitate to call if you need to. And I'll even add to that, too. Um, I see a lot of um, public health messaging that's out there that sometimes puts the onus directly on the person going through the crisis to go find these resources. So I do want to also flip the script a little bit here in this uh, small platform that we have and just encourage you to reach out to someone today who might need to hear from you. That might be a friend you haven't spoken to in a while, might be someone in your life who's going through a hard time. Reach out today, consider this your sign. Let's destigmatize taking care of mental health. Let's take care of each other and let's normalize the conversations, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you, you need a community, man, like any anything else. Anything else, you need that support, that support network. Thanks for bringing that up, Stephanie, for sure. Um, you know, hey, talk tuners, connect with us. I just mentioned that I want you guys to let me know. Anybody who's seen New Order, anybody who just loves Joy Division, why do you love Joy Division? What did Joy Division mean to you? Connect with us. Follow us on the socials. Um, you can find us on FB, IG, and TikTok at Stephanie's talk Tunes, And we are um, at Stephanie's Talk on Twitter. Um, you can also email us at Stephanie'sTalkTunes at gmail.com. Um, You know, if you want to support us, there's definitely so many ways of doing that. Simply writing a review on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods, just leaving a five star rating us helps us tremendously. And thank you to all of those folks that have been um, supporting us along the way. We cannot thank you enough. Um, You know, definitely we have uh, we 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 have it all. Y'all, we even have a merch shop that you guys should be checking out for sure. Uh, Stephanie's TalkTunes you know dot com. you can find all sorts of cool stuff, some mugs, a hoodie, uh, buttons, pint glasses, uh, color changing mugs. like come on very man. fun very you fun. know. yeah, and thank you to um, just again, just a big thank you um, for everyone that's listening. And uh, you know this is Stephanie Pena and I am out. I'll see you guys soon. Stephanie Myers out here, peace Talk tuners We'll
2: see you in two weeks.
1: At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. That symphony of engines roaring in perfect harmony. It's a feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, Jerry. Oh, my word. Really, really terrible. Is that a glockenspiel, Jerry? Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Uh, No, Jerry. It's over. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football